Hello, everybody, and welcome to another year of the Gales Cast. My name is Zach Mithling. And my name is Denny Ede. We're going to be your new host from this year. Me and Denny participate in many events that are seen at Min, including stuff like chamber choir, show choir, um, jazz band, band. I have filmed for the football team, so I know a little athletics. Yep, uh, I, I run track as well. Uh, I kept stats for a defensive team. Uh, me and Zach are also in uh, National Honor Society. Um, and with student ambassadors. Student ambassadors, too. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be your host this year, and we're looking forward to it. Our plan is to hopefully put out an episode every other week with different events going on. And we are starting a little late this year, so we might go into past things like football and cross country, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Yep. Um, so our guest today is Father Ross Canigula. How are you today, Father? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. So we're going to ask you a few questions about the parish, Holy Trinity, and okay. just like the parish here at St. Edmund. Mm -hmm. So I want to start with the school, Trinity, and I want to, like the school's parish. Mm -hmm. So this year we are doing all school mass mm -hmm. compared to previous years where we've done middle high school and elementary. So what do you think I like? good things slash advantages about having all school masses? Yeah, so I think the benefits, um, if anyone listening has had the opportunity um, to be able to attend our all school masses, I think it's a it's just a way to compile all of our resources, right? So for instance, for music, both of you guys are involved in music. When it comes to music, we're able to kind of have various grades participate. So even uh, a couple of the masses this year, the middle school has done some stuff. Um, and then in terms of all the other ministries like serving and lecturing and all that stuff um, and greeting, it just allows us to all compile that into one big celebration. The other thing is there's something about having like kind of a fuller church that um, kind of allows that celebration, I think, to be elevated. And so it just provides that opportunity for kind of an uplifting in our, in our masses. So I think it's gone really well this year. Um, Mrs. Sense has done a great job as well with the music and getting kids involved in that. And, um, and Brian, our new campus minister, has been involved in helping servers and getting them so they know where they're supposed to be. So yeah, I think it's been, it's been a good benefit for our school. Yeah, it just seems like everything's a lot more uh, simpler. It is. Well, because I know, Denny, last year, weren't you, you were, like, doing double duty, where you yeah. were, like, singing for... Uh, yeah, and I mean, that that was okay. I just mm -hmm. I just like how uh, elementary and high school just get to be together, and uh, maybe some high schoolers can be sort of role models to these uh, elementary kids, sure. at least we, we hope that we are. So I, I, I really like how that direction is going so far. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I like how... These like kids are telling their parents to come to the mass too, and they're like participating and stuff. So I think it's really cool to see those little ones mm -hmm. grow in their faith and have mass with us who uh, have a better understanding of it. Mm -hmm. It's a cool opportunity to have a school that's relatively small, so you can fit you know even the the K all the way through twelve, like you said, just to to be able to look back and reflect like on that's who you kind of were, and just to see that all connected together. It's that's pretty neat. So yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Big uh, development in uh, the Holy Trinity Parish mm -hmm. outside the school is that uh, there's a new church choir that you started off. How has that been going? That's been going well. So both of you guys uh, being a part of it, I guess I could ask you, how do you think it's going? Um, I, I really like that sense of community. I get to go and sing with people I either barely know or don't know. Yeah. Um, there's high schoolers, there's you know middle-aged old people. It's It's great. I think it's a great source of us coming together uh, for one common goal and just uh, 
uh, praising uh, the Lord. The yeah, song. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like like Danny said, you have all these different ages. You have some high schoolers, some mm-hmm. like older people, some middle-aged people, and like hearing all those blend of voices coming together just reminds you of like back in the day when you were at church and a kid and you had the choir mm-hmm. standing there and you thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Right. And, and I, like the music you choose, like there's some like normal hymns and then you have like these things like the divine praises or um, that one song I can't think of. It's more contemporary, newer yeah, words. More yeah, contemporary, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I really appreciate it. So we used to obviously, you know, at one point being like eight, at least eight churches in the county that have now all merged into one. So I think a lot of these smaller churches have their choirs and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, again, kind of pop, compiling all of these talents together. So you're you're drawing from all different um, traditions and what these choirs were and combining them into one. So it's kind of a, it's an exciting endeavor to, and it takes a while, right, to find the blend and the way, it, you know, the way it should sound. But it's, it's kind of, I think it's a neat opportunity. And so far we've had great turnouts, like 20 or 30 people, usually for mass. So it's been, it's been, it's a really good full sound. And the men, right? Most of the time, you know, typical church choir, you have like 95% women, you know, a lot of sopranos, few altos, and then like one guy. So it's nice to actually, to have like half and half and the men are really solid. So if you haven't had a chance to come, we have these posts on our uh, Facebook site or we have uh, periodically, but we'll have some ne- next semester as well. But just to to celebrate the mass and to hear what that choir sounds like, it's it's pretty cool. It's a cool experience. So a lot of great songs. Uh, what was your decision process when uh, picking each uh, song for mass? Was it mm-hmm. kind of just like a, I, I like this song a lot, and I think it works well in the choir setting, mm-hmm. or did it kind of just like come up to you as like an emotional? type thing. I think it's a combination of all those things. Yeah, like usually when I listen to a hymn or a piece of music, um, for me, I'm listening initially for how it musically connects or disconnects from um, what the liturgy is. So, you know, in a sense, you know, the lyrics are obviously very important. So you have to make sure that those are theologically sound and all that kind of stuff. But then when it comes to the sound of the music, it it should be in such a way that it really conforms to the spirit of the liturgy. And we kind of all have that sense for stuff that is more popular that that would be good on the radio or other like uh, forms of worship. But when it comes to worship of God, you're looking for music that that kind of lifts the soul up and is, um, in a sense, kind of um, the point of being mass of mass being to worship God. So those songs that lead to that to the worship of God and not necessarily ourselves, but about um, God Himself. So yeah, there's a lot of different factors, but that's kind of what I'm trying to look for. And staying on like kind of the music topic because I think it's an important part of mass because mm-hmm. like Saint Cecilia said when you sing you pray twice when you sing well you pray twice <laughs> yeah. technically yeah. is what she said technically but everyone sings yeah so. they try yeah um, you yourself have written some mass parts like an mm-hmm. Alleluia the Lamb mm-hmm. of God how, tell us a little bit of how that like writing process went yeah so it started gosh was it 2017 so it was a five or six year long process. Um, when I was in seminary, I was just, pre- so I actually was the, the uh, director for the Spanish choir in seminary. And I can't really speak Spanish at all, hardly at all, at all but they needed someone. So I uh, kind of stepped in and I was practicing a, like a Gloria. I think it was like a Spanish Gloria. And as I was doing that, for some reason, an offshoot of that, I started to like play around this tune on the piano and it just kind of stuck and then within like three days i'd written like all these mass parts like the holy holy gloria hallelujah and all that stuff so and then since then it's been as i've learned more about composition and how to write uh good uh, parts for vocal parts and and stuff like that it just became this project that kind of morphed and um kind of was massaged over time if you will so what it is now 
pretty much all the melodies are the same as they were then, but but a lot of the specifics and individual parts and stuff have matured over time. So that recently that was published through GIA, um, and I actually submitted it to them several years ago and it was declined. Um, and I think part of that, uh, and so that was a challenge to be like, how can I make this better? So it's been kind of a good learning experience and has been a big part of the of the composition for me because it's so many movements to do. You know, it's like whatever seven eight different movements. So yeah. Uh, so, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, mass is called the mass of the epiphany. Correct. Yep. Uh, what led you to uh, call it that? Yeah. So it's actually it's actually named after our cathedral in Sioux City, um, which the cathedral is like the main church for the diocese. So the cathedral of the epiphany. So that's where it kind of comes from. It's been branded as like something to sing during the epiphany or Christmas season, um, but it's really for you know all year round use, and it's just kind of with our cathedral in mind. So that's how I came up with that. And also, uh, like not only are you making music for the, that mass thing, you're also showing uh, different types of prayers um, as well. Um, my example uh, is with the divine praises that you made. That really kind of that was the first time I've heard divine praises. Uh, was that in the same process as in like the mass of the epiphany, or was that kind of just like a other project that you were doing. Mm-hmm. So that was after. So I, I was looking for, when I attended a uh, National Pastoral Musicians Conference, they have these every year, um, and it was in New Orleans, and I noticed that they had a period of adoration and they did not sing the divine praises. Well, when I was in seminary, I kind of, it was kind of an idea that I got from there, because when I went to St. Minor, they had their own version of singing it. And outside of that context, I really hadn't heard it done. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to kind of copy their idea, but I wrote my own kind of tune to it. It's kind of a little chant tone. Um, and so I split up the, the words in such a way that it works. Um, and so, yeah, now now we have this opportunity to sing in four parts if you want or even by yourself. So, yeah, it's just another way to add to the liturgy in terms of just kind of lifting it up a little bit rather than, you know, the divine praises, blessed be God. It's just a way to, to lift that up in song. So, yeah. All right, well, we're all music nerds here, but I think yeah. we should move on from music. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is your second year here now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you have got to, do you think you've had a good relationship with the kids? So I think so, yeah. It's been a great opportunity. Um, that first, you know, the first year is kind of getting your feet wet and trying to understand how things work and just kind of that introduction to students and stuff. But I think especially last semester into this year, I think they're, you know, and even over the summer through going to like sporting events and stuff and getting to know everyone better. I think it's been just a great opportunity to, to meet them and to encounter them where they're at and um, encourage them to, to move forward a little bit in their faith. But yeah, it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've noticed there's been a little uh, increase in youth ministry, especially like this mm-hmm. summer with uh, you and uh, Brian McLean. Uh, I guess, uh, how was that process, kind of working with uh, Brian and getting these kids involved in their faith? Yeah, it's been really good. So we recently, this year, we had like a diocesan conference where um, the teachers went to Sioux City and they gave us like this pyramid scheme where basically in the bottom of the pyramid was a survey. I don't know if you guys remember this from last year, but students were encouraged to participate in this. And we actually had a pretty good uh, participation rate even at St. Ed's. But the bottom of the 
it was kind of basically asking what do students need in terms of their faith and the bottom level was a sense of belonging and welcoming and feeling at home kind of thing so it was interesting that diocesan wide this was the highest percentage um, in terms of all the categories you know next i can't remember all the specifics but the next one was something like you know spiritual encounter um, the next one was like accountability in my religion you know stuff like that and it was interesting even before that before the desire to learn more about their faith or to increase their prayer, prayer life, which is important. But the baseline that was most significant percentage-wise was actually the ability to feel connected in a human in a human way and to feel welcome. So I think, um, at least so far, that's been kind of the role of campus ministry is to help students um, have a sense of belonging and a sense of uh, feeling like they want to come to school, right? There's a reason to be there, to, to feel the sense of connection. And then slowly over time, as you build these relationships, um, Jesus starts to become a bigger influencer in those relationships and is able to um, invite those that are involved to become intentional disciples. But it starts with, with connection and building community first. So, But yeah, I think Brian has done a great job. And um, with him, you know, being in the community and being involved at, at the public school for a while and then um, in juvenile situations, I think he's able to bring a lot of that skill set to, to his job. And I think it's working well. Is that all you got? Think you had a questions? Yeah, don't want to make it too long. You're exhausted. Yeah. Well, you have to go back to class after this, though. Well, yeah, I suppose. Maybe we can do another podcast. Yeah. Like five more. Well, that is about all the time we have today. If you students around have any suggestions, you can talk to Denny and myself, and we'll happily leave book into it. And if you're out there who don't, who doesn't go to this school, um, there's going to be a Facebook post out there somewhere. So if you want to comment any suggestions on that, well, let us know. Guys, I hope you enjoyed. My name is Zach Mickling. And my name is Denny. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.